really wanted to finish school. So I ended up going back at age 35 and finishing then. And it was such a different experience. It was completely different. I think that that's given me a lot of perspective. And it also has really helped me being open to people who don't have their degrees. I can think of some really great people that I've worked with that I think they would have been passed over. And yeah, I was able to say, no, let's give them a chance because I think it's worth it. Hello, my name is Josie Robertson. Welcome to The Journey You Own. Today I am speaking with Alison Cardona. Alison is a thoughtful, progressive leader, having extensive local and national experience, creating programs to connect low-income and marginalized families with resources. In her current role as Deputy Director for the County of Los Angeles Department of Animal Care and Control, Allison oversees core community programs. I began our conversation by asking Allison about her childhood and those moments that expanded her awareness in her youth. I was born into a family of immigrants. My parents are both Colombian and they came to the U.S. in their 20s. Um, They had met in Colombia, but kind of went their separate ways. And my father, actually both of them were the classic American dream. Um, My father had studied engineering in Colombia, but really believed in coming here and that with hard work, he would be able to make something of himself. And my mother actually first came to the U.S. because her sister was escaping a domestic violence situation. And my mother came, she had two small children, and so my mother came to help with her niece and nephew. Um, So yeah, it's just interesting that that's what brought them here. Um, And I knew those stories from pretty young, so they were in my consciousness. You know, and I also really saw growing up what my parents went through. And my father in particular, I think this has really impacted me uh, in my life. He has, uh, they both speak perfect English. Um, My father has a very thick accent and he um, is very self-conscious of it. Mm -hmm. And I always wonder why um, people have accents. And I later learned, that he was able to share with me that he was, that was really a barrier for him. Um, He was this brilliant engineer. He came here to do a master's and then PhD work. And, you know, this bright future in front of him started working um, for corporations and very quickly was told, you're a problem. You're very smart, but your accent we can't have you advance. Like we would love to groom you to be the top of the top, but we got to do something about this accent. And so they sent him to tutors, to speech language therapists, and his accent didn't change. It didn't get any better. That's just his accent. It's the way he speaks. And so they basically said, that's it for you. Um, This is as far as you're going. And I saw what that did for my father, the way he internalized that. Um, And ever since I could remember, he would just always, when he would meet somebody, talk about his accent first. 
mm. or always referred to his accent and how strong it was. Um, and I just, I remember even when I heard that, just thinking how wrong that was and just the pain that that must have brought um, and injustice, you know, really. And I also saw that, you know, my father held his head, held his head high um, and still forged on. And that actually is what led him. He knew that in the U.S. he wasn't going to get any farther. So he decided to go overseas. So he found an opportunity in um, Italy, actually, hmm. uh, to manage a company. And at the age of eight, I have an older brother who was 10 at the time. We, the whole family moved to Italy. Um, wow. And so... <laughs> My father learned another language, Yes, learned Italian, and they didn't have a problem with his accent there. <laughs> so he did business in Italian um, for about eight years, did really well there. Um, and I share all of this because it really, both my parents have just influenced me so much. Um, my father at the age of 50 had some tragic events happen where his sister and his brother-in-law died very suddenly. And he really had a change of heart where he knew he wanted to give back. He knew that there were so many ways that he could make an impact. And he switched to the nonprofit world and mm -hmm. started working for an or a social services, an organization called The Hunger Project. And then he worked for Latino organizations. Um, how, how old were you at that point when he did that? When he did the shift, I was probably a teenager at that point. Hmm. Um, yeah, like right around 15, 14, 15. And I'll say this also. I always really saw when we lived in Italy, um, my dad, you know, was in charge of this big company and he knew everybody's names. And we would, he would walk on the factory floor and take me for a tour and he knew everything about everyone. He just knew about their lives. And that was something that sticks with me in, to this day, is like really get to know people. Um, so I don't know, I think I come from a family of just really, really caring people. Um, and animals were always a part of that. I have to say that. I, I think both my parents have a love for animals and have a love for caring for um for others and inviting them into our home and they were very patient with me I you know would <laughs> rescue birds when I was little and I remember specifically bringing one in uh, my aunt was there with us and I put band-aids on its legs <laughs> and like back teen I don't know what I thought I was doing tried to help the the, the bird um, yeah and that was something that even as a as a child they encouraged in me um, you know, we got a cat when I was three years old. I grew up with her. And we, I'm oh, curious, did you take that cat to Italy then? Like, is this? We did. You did. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Kissy came with us to Italy. Um, and you know, also like learning about things. Kissy was an indoor outdoor cat. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, yeah, she spent a lot of time outside in Italy, but she went to Italy with us and then came back to the U.S. Oh my. my parents moved back um, after my dad decided to switch to, to nonprofits. Um, that, um, 
I'd like to just stop you there for a minute because you just said a, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, you had to also learn a new language, a new culture at the age of eight. And uh, that that takes a lot. How did that impact you to suddenly be moving to another culture, language, your you're young, but you're in grade school, so you probably had some established friendships in the United States. Was, was yeah, that it um, you know, I think while I was experiencing it, it just was. It was reality. But when I think back, um, we did. We actually ended up moving a lot uh, during my early years, so it's like attachments were temporary. Mm -hmm. um, that's what it started to feel like after a while that, um, but it also made me very, uh, flexible and able to read different situations, um, and pick up on things, mm -hmm. I think more easily. And we had also, um, during that time as well, we were also going to Columbia in the summer and the winter for holidays. So yeah, I was just kind of used to traveling a lot. Um, but yes, definitely learning a new language, um, culture. And then there are things that I took for granted that I think back now and I'm like, oh, I was like, I didn't even, you know, we were at the Vatican or we were in <laughs> Venice and I, you know, that was just like, oh, it was like a weekend trip. And now I'm like, oh, um, so some of those things, you know, I think we're a little wasted on the youth <laughs> aspect. You know, I, um, I don't, I don't want it to be about me, but it's sort of interesting, the parallels that I'm noticing mm. in that, my father also was an engineer and mm -hmm. his accent became a, a very big problem for him as well. And uh, I was born in Switzerland mm -hmm. and lived in Switzerland and in Europe. And that idea of just driving across the border to get, you know, your cheese or your milk from Italy or <laughs> something <Right>. from France, <laughs> you know, isn't unusual when you live in Europe yet. When we talk about that in the United States now, it really is different. You know, people are shocked at, at the ease at which those of us who have lived in other countries talk about movement amongst the countries. And, and then also from my father's perspective, just uh, the way that different cultures approached him and his mm. accent, which again, very thick Indian accent. He wrote his uh, dissertation in French, so he had to learn French. Mm. It's a similar, um, similar concepts there. Wow. Wow. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I think, I mean, I saw so much resilience mm. um, and pride. Um, yes. Yeah. So I think that that, and still seeing that, you know, my family, he still wanted to be of service to others. Um, yeah, I think was really, really shaped me from an early age. When did you come back to the United States? Uh, yeah. So I actually went, it's funny that you say Switzerland. I went to boarding school in Switzerland for four years. Oh. First, yeah, in the Italian part though. Okay, where exactly? In Lugano. Oh, I love Lugano. <laughs> Where were you living? Lausanne. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I spent four years in Lugano. And then when I was 16, I went back to the U.S. Um, 
with your family or by yourself or they my family had actually gone a year earlier and I had stayed um, for an extra year so and at that point my brother was already he had also gone to boarding school and he was already in college so yeah that was definitely a culture shock to come back <laughs> yes yes it's definitely yes tell me about that I'm oh no curious. just like a different level of I was used to a different level of freedom and of um, movement and then all of a sudden it was just very different we moved to Connecticut um, yeah it was just definitely a culture shock <laughs> <laughs> did you end up going to college in the United States then I believe you did Right. Yeah. So I actually, that's also, I think, um, has really shaped me. So I went, uh, first went to Sarah Lawrence my first year. Um, but I have to say I had a pretty tumultuous, um, adolescence. And I think that this has really informed my work. I know it now. Um, I had a lot of trauma. Um, and so I went to college, but I didn't do very well. I really didn't. That was a really tough year for me. Um, and at the end of the year was basically, it's like, nope, this isn't working out. Um, and I started working. First, I went a little crazy. I'm not going to lie. But um, and I think that has also informed yes. you know, my journey. And then I started working. Um, and it actually just jumping ahead. It was always something that had weighed on me or I had thought about that I really wanted to finish school or that I wanted to pursue studies. So I ended up going back at age 35 and finishing then. And it was such a different experience. It was completely different. I was engaged. I was curious. I was taking classes that I wanted to take. So yeah, I think that that's given me a lot of perspective. And it also has really helped me in hiring people or being open to people who don't have their degrees. Yes. Um, there's a, yeah, I can think of some really great people that I've worked with that I think they would have been passed over. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was able to say, no, let's give them a chance because I think it's worth it. Thank you for listening to the first of a three-part series with Alison Cardona. This is Jyothi Robertson with The Journey You Own.